Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Ready to take on our 
world for you. Thank you, Father. Exalted high above the worship of the people of the earth, I see the Lord. Yes, we see you tonight, Jesus. I see the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 the Bible says and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists 
and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ the essence of who we are and why we do what we do is so that we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that's the whole essence equipping us for the work of ministry the work of ministry is I explained to us some time ago it's not when someone is a pastor or someone is a deacon or someone is a, uh, no no that's not the work of ministry okay these are gifts to help us do the work of the ministry so that you and I are equipped for the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? When we step out and go about the things that God has called us to do and to be, that's the work of ministry. So wherever you find yourself, God has called you to a work of ministry. So when we come and have church, we are being equipped for that thing. We are receiving strength, we're receiving grace, we're, re we're receiving the necessary tools so that when we step out, wherever we are, we are well equipped. We can face the challenges of life. We can deal with certain things. When we come and we worship and we get in the presence of God and we feel that anointing of God, what happens is that in that moment, God is equipping you with something. When you're worshiping and you're lifting up your hands and you're praying or whatever you're doing in the presence of God and you're feeling that anointing is coming on you and sometimes it comes and it feels like goosebumps. It's just your body reacting to the anointing that you're feeling. What is happening to you at that moment is that you're being equipped with something. God does not waste resources. So he equips us each time we come in his presence. Why? So that when we step out, the things that we face, the challenges that come, we are ready to deal with them and we're ready to overcome. So the work of ministry is that I stand in my place, I stand in whatever God has called me to do and I'm having dominion and I'm exercising the power of God there. I stand in whatever God has called me to do and I'm expressing the fullness of Christ Jesus. But I've been equipped. I've been equipped. So God can speak to me and tell me to do impossible things knowing that I've been equipped to do it. So I step out and I do it in faith. In faith. And the whole essence of all this thing is that we come to a unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. So it's not about any of us at all. It's about the Son of God. 
so that we all measure to the stature of the fullness of Christ not any human being but Christ why? so that we are no longer tossed to and fro we are no longer tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men but we speak the truth in love so that all may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ so he becomes the center tonight I want to if I call it maybe round up on the series I've been teaching about intentional living And I just sense in my heart that God would have me talk about it today. It was meant to be for the Sunday service, but I just sense in my heart that God would have me talk about it today. Last week I started talking about, sorry, on Sunday I started talking about hope. How that we have hope and that one of the things that limits us from having victory every day is that when we lose hope when there's hopelessness when we look at a situation and it appears that there is no hope when we look at a situation and it appears that hey um i cannot believe god i cannot see something to believe god it looks like there's no hope turn your bibles to romans chapter 5 from verse 5 it says now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us say out loud hope say it out loud hope does not disappoint turn to somebody beside you or behind you or around you just say hope does not disappoint it's the Bible it's scripture it's the word of God that says hope does not disappoint because of love not because of what we can do or have done or have capacity to do no but because of love because God's love has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given. I'm going to zero in on the life of one man, Abraham. How that Abraham, who we, we, we look to as the father of faith, if there was anybody who was caught up in any situation at all in life that looked hopeless, I think it was Abraham. I think he was Abraham. The Bible tells you and I that it took Abraham 25 years to get a child from God. Growing up, I used to think that it took God 25 years to finally answer Abraham. One day the Holy Spirit told me and said, 
that it took Abraham 25 years to get the result that he was supposed to get from God. That it didn't take God 25 years. I said, how do you mean? He said, there's a difference between you saying that it took God 25 years to give Abraham a child than saying, and saying that it took Abraham 25 years to get a child from God. 25 years. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans 4 verse 18. It says, Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. Who contrary to hope. So what the Bible is saying that Abraham was in a position where hope itself was against him. He was in a scenario where if anybody would come to him and advise him, they would tell him, my brother, we want to tell you, Abraham, that look, this situation, there is no hope. And if anybody would, would give him a very candid opinion of life and say, look, we don't want to deceive you with cunningness. We don't want to just tell you sweet words. Listen, this situation, there is no hope. So the Bible says, contrary to hope, Let's read another translation. Give me, if you have it, New Living Translation of uh, Romans uh, 4.18. Let me open it in my Bible here. Romans 4.18. Yeah, okay, you have it there. It said, even when there was no reason for hope, So the Bible actually acknowledged that he was in a situation where there was no reason for him to have hope. So even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing. He kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. So he had no reason. There was, no, there was nothing in the physical. There was nothing right there that could show him or as a pointer to tell him that look, if you look at this thing, you will still find hope. So the Bible acknowledged that there was no reason for hope. There was nothing in the natural. There was nothing he could point to. There was nothing he could, he could lay hold on to and say, okay, uh, maybe because of this. Age was not on his side. Age was not on his wife's side. There was no IVF. There was no technology. There was nothing that he could hold on to hope. There was, no, I mean, today, if you have a woman and a, and a, and a, and a man, a couple trying to conceive and they're not able to, they still have hope. Why? Because they say, after all, there's IVF. If worse comes to worse, we will do IVF. If worse comes to worse, we'll, have, we'll do surrogate mother or something. If, you know, there are, there are alternatives. Sometimes, situations of life are like that. That it looks like, hey, there is no reason for hope. There is nothing you can hold on to and say, okay, 
um, this, Abraham was in that state. But the Bible says that contrary to hope, he held on to hope. What was that hope that he held on to? Let me read a very interesting uh, translation for you. God, God's word translation. Romans 4, 18. I don't know if you have it there, but if you don't, just listen. It said, when there was nothing left to hope for. When there was nothing left to hope for, Abraham still hoped and believed. I mean, I began to ask myself that this must have been a crazy man. Today, we, we live in a society where we have many things that can give us hope. I mean, there are lot, lots of things, especially people that live in, in foreign nations. They are, okay, fine. Uh, if you don't have money, get a credit card. By the time you accumulate the debt, accumulate the debt, you get another credit card. You can still accumulate, you can live in debt and be 80 years old and have debt all your life and die owing the government. <laughs> there are many things that they can hold on to like hope. There are many things. I think in, our, in this part of the world, Africa, we, 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 our, our system somehow makes us draw closer to God than other nations. Our system makes us feel like, oh, oh boy, you have to hold on to God. But over there, I mean, the government does this for you, does that for you. So many things are available. So you are asking yourself, what is God? So the need for God is vague. It's, 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 you know, it's not, you don't see the need. Because we have, we have limited God to a God of need, supply. A God of things. A God of cars and houses and, I mean, um, lands and things like that. So we've limited him to a God of material things. So in, in foreign nations, you, they tend to like, oh, okay, really? What, what can your God do for me? You know? It's only when they become very, very sick or something that they realize, okay, they start looking for spiritual help and, and stuff like that. But for all these natural things. So I'm looking at a man like Abraham. I'm thinking that what could he have held on to? Look at what the Bible says. It says, according to what was spoken. So what has God said to Abraham? What did God tell him that he held on to it? And, the, and he kept referring to that thing. He said, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. According to what was spoken. So when there was nothing left to hope for. When there was nothing that he could see. And he could hold on to as hope. He turned to the only one thing. According to what was spoken. The word of God to him. That word was going to be what will become flesh. And make everything that we see today. So he held on to that thing. Go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I'll start reading from verse 1. It said, sometime later, 
the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him do not be afraid Abraham for I will protect you and your reward will be great but Abraham replied oh sovereign Lord what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son since you've given me no children Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your, servants will, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. That was what God spoke to him about. That was the only thing he held on to. That was the only, you know, it's interesting when I read that the Bible says that God spoke to Abraham in a vision. It wasn't like God appeared to him. It's the same way God speaks to you and I. You are praying. You are, you are, you are in an atmosphere, an environment, in the presence of God. And God begins to talk to you. That's what happened to Abraham. He was there. And then God showed him a vision. And then spoke to him in that vision. That you will be a father of many nations. I can imagine Abraham just sitting down. And just, you know, meditating. And just, maybe he shut his eyes. Maybe his eyes were open. And he just saw a vision. And he heard the voice of God. Saying you will be the father of many nations. This person will not be your heir but you will have a child of your own and Abraham was like oh really and the spirit of God ministered to him and said go outside and he went outside and he looked up in the sky and everything and God began to talk to him can you count them he said no I can't count them oh the stars are too many he says that's how your descendants will be how stupid is that but he believed it he believed it we can read it today and think that oh God appeared to Abraham and said Abraham I am God believe me now you are going to have a descendant no 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 the same way you are praying and you say pastor I think God spoke to me that is the God that is speaking to you and telling you impossible things and telling you to believe against hope that was what Abraham did and then he held on to nothing when there was no reason at all for him to have hope. He kept referring to it. He kept referring to it. He kept referring to it. Hope is all around us. Hope is everywhere. Why would God take a man and say outside, count the stars? Because he meditated so much about it and then God spoke to him and then took him outside and said look up to the sky can you count the stars he said no he said if you can't count them that's how many your descendants will be and he held on to that word he held on to that word God showed me something very interesting when I was studying this turn to Romans chapter 1 from verse 20 Romans 1 20 it says for ever since the world was created people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature so that they have no excuse for not knowing God so God wanted to give Abraham follow me here God wanted to give Abraham a, a, a position a situation where he will not have any excuse at all 
So God took him outside and said, look at the stars. Can you count them? He said, no, sir. He said, if you cannot count them, then you cannot count the descendants that will come, up, will come from you. So hope is all around. The Bible says we understand God by the things that are made. By the things that are made. So God is seen everywhere. If you meditate so much on air, if you say, okay, I cannot see anything. I don't have eyes to see the sky. But you can breathe. If you meditate so much on oxygen, on oxygen you will find God there. If you meditate so much outside, look at the trees and just stand by the ocean and just see, oh, how beautiful the ocean is. And you're meditating and looking at it, you will find God. You will find hope. Hope is everywhere. You will find it. So that's what God did to Abraham. That looked, there was nothing in the natural that looked like he could hold on to hope. But there was one thing God had told us some time ago that God will never use what man created to do what he wants to do. So God took him outside. Look at the skies. I created the sky. I created the stars. Can you count them? He said, no, sir. And he held on to that. Give me message translation of Romans 120. Are you there? By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. By taking a thoughtful look, a long look at what God has created, then people have been able to see what their eyes cannot see. So God is saying to Abraham, there is something your eyes cannot see. But I want you to look at what I've created. Look at the stars very well. And Abraham stood outside and focused his eyes on the stars. And looked at them and looked at them and looked at them. And then revelation hit him and said, I'm a father of many nations. I've taken a long look at what God has created. We can see what the eyes cannot see. So when there was no hope physically, God was saying to Abraham, I need you to look and see what the eyes cannot see. You are looking so much at what your eyes can see. You are looking at the limitations that are before you. What I want you to see is what eyes cannot see. And you, by, by, for you to be able to see what eyes cannot see, you have to focus on what I've created. You have to focus on my word. You have to focus on what I've spoken to you about. So that you can see what the eyes cannot see. So what did the Bible say about Abraham? It said, the Bible said, he considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's what his eyes can see. So he took his eyes off that. So that he can see what his eyes cannot see. What can his eyes see? His eyes can see his, his own physical body. That's what the Bible says in Romans. If you go back there, verse 18 and 19. He, he can see his physical body. He can see Sarah's, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He can see all those things. He took his eyes of the deadness of Sarah's womb. He took his eyes of, of, of his, his own age, about 100 years old. He took his eyes off these things. And was looking onto something. That his eyes cannot see. The Bible says hope 
does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. The problem is we don't put our hope on God. We put our hope on the system. We put our hope on academic qualifications. We put, we put our hope on friends, on family, on, on, on many things, on our skills, our talents, our gifts, but not on God. Romans 5.5, 5, the Amplified Version says, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Put that up, Amplified Version, Romans 5.5. 5. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Never. That was Abraham's strength. That was Abraham's strength. That was Abraham's strength. And the promise of God. What God has spoken. What God has spoken. So his eyes was focused on what eyes could not see. That was his confidence. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. The Amplified Version said, Blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. Whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. Regardless of the situation, that was Abraham's strength. And how did he do that? By looking to those things that his eyes cannot see. Giving glory to God so that he can see the things that are not there yet, but the things that ought to be. So that he can see the things that are not there presently, but they ought to be. But they ought to be. The earlier part of that scripture in Romans 4. Look at what it tells us from verse 16. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So that was what God did to Abraham. Took him outside. Showed him the skies. And said now I want you to begin to see what your eyes cannot see. So that you can call the things that do not exist as though they exist. As though they exist. Shout out loud, there is hope. Say it out loud, there is hope. Job chapter 14, from verse 7. It says, even a tree has more hope. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and grow new branches. Even a tree has more hope. King James Version says, there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will grow again. 
it will grow again. It says, though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stomp decays, at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. At the scent of water. What is water? The word of God. At the scent of water. Anything that is dead and looks like there is no hope. At the scent of water, it will sprout again. That's why Abraham went for the word. And kept going back. That what God has spoken to him. What God has spoken to him. Because he knows that at the scent of that word. It will sprout again. It will blossom again. At the scent of the word. So that was his key. That was his strength. When it looked like everything was hopeless. See, at the scent of the water. It will bud and sprout again. Like a new seedling. Like a new seedling. That's how to live intentionally. In victory every day. You hold on to hope. Even when it looks like there is no reason to hold on to it. And you go to the word that has been spoken. So that you can see the things that eyes cannot see. And then you focus. You keep your gaze. You keep your eyes. On God's word. Keep your eyes. On the things that have been made. So that you can see the things that look like. They don't exist. And then you begin to call them forth. In that place. Where that happens. Miracles. Are bettered. And then the thing that looks like there is no hope. But at the scent of water, at the scent of the word of God, it comes alive again. Stand to your feet. Psalm 42 from verse 1, the New Living Translation. It says, as the dare longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how I used to be, I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. He says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. From the land of Mount Manmiza, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their thorns break my bones, they scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and Wherever life takes you, never let it take you away from God. Wherever
whatever life throws at you, do everything to make sure your anchor is still on God. Do everything to make sure that your hope is still in Him. That's the story of David in Psalm 42. That even when they taunt me, my enemies were after me and they taunt me and they kept asking me, show us your God, show us your God. He said, I will keep my hope in Him. Why? Romans 5, 5. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. He's not asking us just hope in emptiness. No. He said, hope thou in God, for I will yet praise Him. That's where you put your hope. When you put your hope in God, that hope will not disappoint. Lift your hands to heaven. Talk to your father. Say, Lord, tonight, I put my hope in you. I put my hope in you tonight, father. Anywhere I have put my hope in other things, anywhere I put my hope in other things other than your presence other than you I repent tonight and I put my hope in you and make a decision in your heart that whatever life throws at you you will hold anchor on that word and never leave the presence of God whatever life throws at you you will hold anchor in the promise of God what God has spoken to you that's what Abraham did the Bible says according to what was spoken he went back to look according to what was spoken what was spoken to him is that Abraham you'll be the father of many nations and he was even telling God that look Eliezer is here Eliezer is here this is an option I can put my hope in Elijah. I said, no, 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 no. What I have spoken will come to pass. What I have spoken will come to pass. Elijah might, might be there as an option, but that's not what I have spoken. What I have spoken will come to pass. Will come to pass. You are better off putting your hope in God. Lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father. Lord, your word has gone forth tonight. Let it go into the air and into the atmosphere in the hearts of everyone listening. Let it cause a change. Let hope come alive. And with hope, let it come the fulfillment of your word in the lives of everyone. I ask in the name of Jesus. Let strength come into everyone listening. And Lord, let dreams and visions come alive again. Let every word that you have spoken become manifest. I ask Father, in Jesus' precious name. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. 
For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.